Today, I'd like to start the program by taking a little trip down memory lane and comparing what's happening today to, let's say, 50 or so years ago. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, I have a lot of things that I want to share on today's program, many different topics. But I thought I'd begin the program today. I was thinking the other night, going to sleep, how things have changed. How things have changed in my lifetime, in particular the last 50 or so years. And we all seem to have memories of, it was always better back then. How many times have you said that to yourself? And the older you get, myself included, we say that. Oh, yeah, it was always better back in, you know, 1980 or 1972 or 1960 or 1954, 1947, whatever the year is. One of the things we need to remember, and I really thought about this hard before I dug into some research, were things truly better way back when? In some ways, yes, but in many ways, no. And we also have to be brutally honest that our memories can be selective. I know that mine is. I've stopped and thought what my life has been like, and, and I, I think about all the good times, all the great memories of family and friends and places and occupations and jobs and what have you. And if I really, really dig into my mind, I can also find some of those really difficult times. Times that were not so good. Times that were very concerning. Times when you, you wondered, would you still have a job next week? Could you pay the mortgage? Could you keep the car running? Is there enough money to buy groceries? I think many of us have been through that in our lifetime. And, and when we look at our nation, I think the biggest difference today, there, there are two things really. The biggest difference today is the fact that we have this instantaneous communications that go on. And so more people can be swept into a movement or an ideology or an idea to be accepted. I mean, face it, when I graduated high school over 50 years ago, my car had an AM radio in it, didn't even have air conditioning. Our house had a 23-inch, we finally had gotten a color TV set. There wasn't a 24-hour news channel or cycle. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't Facebook. There wasn't all this connection. And so many of us in small-town America, now granted, I lived my younger years in Long Island, but I was basically 35 miles away from New York City, so I, I didn't see some of the things going on in, in some of the neighborhoods that, well, like Bedford-Stuyvesant or up in the Bronx where there may be poverty and a higher level of crime. It was not really something we dealt with on a day-to-day -day basis. Because we didn't have this 24-hour news cycle, we didn't have all these video cameras, we, we were not aware of the crime that may or may not have been going on even in our own neighborhoods. Now, sure, in small-town America, in suburbia in the 50s and 60s, yeah, crime was lower. Crime was lower. I know that. And I get it. 
But was the heart of man any much different today than it is or was then? And this is what came to mind. The one of the, the other big difference back in the day, people were afraid to expose their innermost thoughts and self to other people. In other words, if they thought what they wanted would seem out of touch with society, they congregated among themselves. Let me just be clear about that. This is just a truism. I'm not making a judgment call here. I'm just observing how things were. Let's go to 1970, New York City, Brooklyn. In 1970, we didn't have television programs that glorified homosexuality. We didn't have a whole lot of publications or magazines or newscasters or major corporations promoting it. For the most part, it was kind of the dirty secret, yet it did exist. And I think at the same percentages today, real homosexuality may be higher than 50, 60, 70 years ago. We just didn't see it. And it was considered illegal or immoral in the law. So New York City, 1970, there's a police raid. And a number of homosexual men were arrested. And there was a protest. There was a protest. There was a march held in Brooklyn. And as a result of that march, if you look over history, when you look over history and you go back to that time in in basically 1970, they had their first, let's call it for what it is today, a pride march. Now, was it as big as what you'd see today? Of course not. It was much smaller. And most people wouldn't want to be seen anywhere near it because it would seem like, you know, I don't want to be associated with that. But see, over time, we have been gradually conditioned by our media and by what I call the the social handlers. They've been around for a long time. Social handlers have been around for over 100 years in this country gradually getting groups of people together and working within small groups and then getting those groups together with other groups to build a movement. Real fast comparison. Let's go back to 1960. I was just a little kid, but I remember a few things from that time. Not much, but I remember a few things. There was a presidential election in 1960. And a guy by the name of John Fitzgerald Kennedy became the president of the United States. And all we knew, all I knew really as a kid was, you know, he was a guy that's now our president. I had heard about PT-109, that he had been a World War II veteran like most men, adult men that I knew. Yet he, he espoused values then, even as a Democrat, and I don't care what you think of the Democrat Party back then, whether you considered it more liberal or whatever, it doesn't, doesn't matter. For the most part, for the most part, the platform that a Democrat ran on in 1960 in a state like New York or even a state like South Carolina was not that different. Sure, there were, there were things about being a Southern Democrat that made you different than a, let's say, a New York Democrat. Democrat. 
But the Democrats were not anti-American. They didn't have a platform that hated America first and made America last, that tried to undo America and its sovereignty, America and its government, and divide America and its people. It's not what they did. Today, because of what has occurred over these 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, slow erosion, the Democrat Party has been taken over by a lunatic fringe, and and I said it yesterday, and I mean it completely. There are elements, and I'm sure it's true in the Republican Party, so I'm I'm not taking total sides here, but it's more visible in the Democrat Party. I firmly believe, and you can laugh at me, you can turn the radio off, you can switch to another radio station, you can say, yep, one of those, you know, shortwave clowns, or what, I don't care what you think of me. But some of the things that come out of the mouths of some of the people in the Democrat Party, the anger, the vitriol, and the lack of candor, in other words, they don't tell the truth. They don't even feel any compulsion to tell the truth. They can say one thing one day, something else the next, and a third or fourth thing two or three days later, all in contradiction to each other, and they tell you they're telling you the truth, and they're not. I look at some of the things that are being pushed and some of the things that are becoming normalized in, in, our, in our society that would never have been normalized 50 years ago. It was becoming tolerated and snickered about 25 years ago, became more acceptable about 10 or 15 years ago, and now it's in your face. Now it's in your face. Let's go back to 1972. 1972, I graduated high school. I was working all that summer, so 50 years ago, I was working six and seven days a week, saving up every penny I could because I was heading off to Ohio come the fall to go to school. And I'd gotten a job at a local radio station, so I was working all these hours. I mean, literally, 40 and 50. I was getting, I was one of the very few people. Of course, radio, they they claim, they told me, you don't get overtime until you work more than 48 hours. But um, I was working literally some, some weeks, seven days. Uh, in the afternoons, Monday through Friday, mornings on on Sunday, and Saturday late afternoon into evenings. I mean, I was on the air quite a bit at a little Top 40 radio station. And and they're fond memories. So I, and, but I probably, if I could really go back into my mind right now, they were probably a lot of work, and, uh, and I can probably hate the alarm clock at, at 4.30 if I had to get up for a morning show. And, and so we, we forget the bad part real quick. And it was the world in which we lived. And, and a lot of the things that we've normalized today, we didn't even talk about back then. But were we a much more moral people? No, I don't think so. I think deep on the heart of man has not changed. This is the issue. The only difference today is we no longer feel that we have to have a filter. We no longer feel, many people, that we have to hide the things that we do that used to be considered taboo in another time and place. Now they don't care. Now we can be out there in the streets flaunting it because there's no, there's no filter and there's no reason 
you know, people, people just feel like you have to accept us and they force it. And good people just cower down and take it and don't, you know, stand up. It's one of the things that I've really noticed in these 50 years. We've just accepted it, you know, we can't change it, so what are you going to do about it kind of attitude? And it's when you have this complacent attitude, a defeatist attitude, that all of a sudden the things that were bad enough 50 years ago are now just screaming loud around you even in small town America, you can't escape it because of the internet. You're a part of it. And the the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite or uh, Chet Huntley and David Brinkley back in the '60s, they wouldn't be covering these stories because they didn't exist. Because nobody would really want to, uh, you know, be in these kind of parades, and, and they and they didn't really want to say too much about it because of the American sensitivity. But here we are in a time. Where I've come to conclude something, and I want you to follow along with me, and then we're going to go into some news stories and other things today. And before the program is over, I'm going to kind of tie it all together. What I, what I want to, what you, to, what I really want you to understand, and, and I'm trying to put this in in very succinct words, so it, it's not missed. The United States. Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, Germany, you name any Western democracy, for lack of a better term, has been on this downward slide for decades. I mean, literally for decades. We we just assumed that it was just a minority fringe that was making all the noise. But over time as we have abandoned certain principles in our own personal lives, have listened to, if we're a Christian, another gospel, or simply walked away from the truth or decided that, you know, church is too much of a burden and we're not going to take our kids. You know, one of the saddest things I've ever heard, and this came from within my own family, and this is what breaks my heart about it. You have parents that'll say, you know, well, I let my children decide about things like church. And we're talking like, you know, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-old, 8-year-old, I mean, even 16. I let them decide. And so my question always is, do you let them decide if they're going to quit school? Oh, no, they can't do that. Do you let them decide that they don't have to brush their teeth or take a bath? Well, well, No. Do you let them decide that I don't want to go to the dentist? Well, well of course not. You can't. And, and in other words, there are limitations on every important thing in life. But the most important thing in life is just ignored. I let them decide. And I, then I realize what the Bible has said. You know, we're to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, not let them off to their own devices. You might, you might as well, I mean, would you allow your child to decide what the menu is for every dinner in your household when they're seven? I mean, how many chocolate candy bars, M&Ms, and chicken McNuggets can you eat? This is where you'd be at. So, as parents, we should 
use the wisdom of our years if we can. I mean, knowledge and wisdom are sometimes two different things. We have a world full of knowledge and we have a vacuum of wisdom. I'm telling you, I see it every day. Total vacuum of wisdom. And among Christians, they're wishy-washy and they're really not of the faith or they, they have tried to reinterpret it. You know, Jesus is all about nothing but love and love conquers all and all this nonsense. They, they make Jesus out to be a you know, wishy-washy teenage boyfriend. And the worship, if they go to a church, so many of them, they might as well be going to a rock concert. You know, get the lighter out and, and sway to the music in the darkness. It's not, it's not the faith. It's an aberration of the faith. When it, it becomes purely entertainment, purely about me, purely about what I want, and purely about my feelings. And this is one of the things that has generated us to where we are in the world today. I look at the this month. We have a couple of more days we got to put up with this. Today, tomorrow, and Thursday. June, formerly the bride month. The, the month that had the most weddings. So it became kind of a tradition, but not anymore. Now to corporations, it's pride month. And that thing, and that should scare you right there. It's pride month. And all of a sudden, the things that we kept quiet, though many, as we got older, knew they existed, are suddenly celebrated in, in, in wide open. You know, companies years ago, and I'm trying to think of, you know, would, would, can you imagine Disney of, you know, 1967 building Disney World in Orlando, Florida? Can you imagine Disney? Disney, Walt Disney World on Sunday night promoting homosexuality on television? Of course not. It would not be tolerated. But today, they brag about it. They celebrate it. They think it's a wonderful thing. They protest their employees and and the company stands by them. And you've got these movies coming out produced by Disney or Pixar Pictures, their their sub-company, you know, featuring lesbian and and homosexual kissing and everything else, trying to normalize it to your children. If you did that in 19, if you did that in 1972, I think Disney would have been kicked off the air and people would never have gone back. It would have been shut down. But today they can do it and get away with it. And parents, well, you know, we just we, we want to take our kids there because it would be fun and we want to go to Orlando. And no, don't go. It's time Christians took a stand. I'm sick and tired of them not. Look, there are times there are things you can't do. There are there are times that there are companies. And there's not much you can do about it when they're kind of the old, only ball game in town. But you have all these companies, and a lot of this has to do... Now, let me share with you a term. I think some of you may have already heard this. I'm sure many of you have not. But I want you to pay careful attention. The letters ESG. ESG. There's a thing now called the ESG score. And what it stands for is environmental, social, and governance. 
environmental, social, and governance. Now, this whole thing is, well, you you talk about political correctness on steroids, and you talk about some of the social insanity uh, being mainstreamed. And you thought about you think about some things that ultimately are going to be dangerous to you and your freedom. It's all part of an ESG score. Obviously environmental. And I think we've come to the point literally of earth worshiping environmentalism that has no basis in reality, it has no basis in real science, and it's become a, a religion unto itself. Environmentalism is a religion unto itself. It worships the planet Earth, believes that mankind is a cancer, and we must do something to save the planet. Every environmentalist I've ever listened to for the past 50 years making predictions that should happen by now, I can tell you one thing for certain. Every prediction made in the last 50 years of all this horrible stuff happening to the planet Earth didn't happen. It has failed to materialize. But they keep making predictions, and we must have electric cars, and we must do this. We must be carbon neutral. We must have zero emissions. And they always have these dates way after people like you and I are dead and gone. Yeah, we're going to have this environmentally perfect planet by the year 2050-something or other. I'll be over 100. I don't think I'm going to be here, and if I was, I don't think I'll be worrying about it. So that's the environmental side. So you have then the, we have the, let's go to the, let's skip over and go to what I call the governance, okay? The governance score. What kind of government do you have? Does your government lean left? Do you, do you really celebrate a leftist government? Like what you find in Canada, what you're finding in Australia, what you're finding in, in Germany, what you're finding in the Democrat Party in the United States. You get extra points. If you're on board with all of their, well, all of their platforms and agenda. And then you have the S, the S right in the middle of it. That's called the social score. The social score. Now, now, what is the social score and how is it determined? Well, look at issues like, you know, Pride Month. Does your company celebrate Pride Month? Do you make a big deal? Do you fly a rainbow flag? Do you even change the colors of your logo like AT&T and Target and I mean about 50 companies that I saw the other day all turning their, their logos into rainbows for the month of June to celebrate homosexuality as being normalized, as being good, as even being better than, quote, regular sexuality or heterosexuality or the way God intended its sexuality. This was to be considered superior. And we must celebrate it. We must put it up on a pedestal. We must have our children worship it and adore it and embrace it. That's part of your social score. And another part of the social score, there are several things. You know, do you believe in white supremacy being an evil thing? And what has your company done to get rid of white supremacy? That's part of the social score. Now, don't think I'm a racist here. I'm just saying this is what they want you to do. Now, let's go a little farther. And then on that social score. And and 
a lot of companies have had to align themselves in a real hurry here. You know, since this past Friday, and we talked about this yesterday, I'm not going to spend much time on it. But there's a growing list right now. Ever since the Supreme Court made their decision this past Friday to overturn Roe versus Wade and throw it all back to the states, just as I told you yesterday, and as I shared with a lot of my friends on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, that what you're going to have There's going to be this big division among states, states where abortion is allowed. They're going to promote it. They're going to make a big deal out of it. They're going to be advertising it. They're going to market it. There's going to be an entire industry formed. And I wondered how people were going to pay for it. Well, I know how now. That happened pretty quick over the weekend if you you had paid attention. It started with some companies like Dick's Sporting Goods a place I will never, ever, ever spend a penny as long as I live. I mean, there's plenty of other sporting goods stores out there. And they decided that, you know, if you're a woman and you're pregnant and you want to have an abortion, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to reimburse you up to $4,000 for all your travel expenses and everything else to go to a state that allows abortion. That's Dick's Sporting Goods. In other words... These companies, to enhance their social score, are going to fork over money to pay women to travel. Let's say let's say you work at a Dick's Sporting Goods in a state like South Carolina or Mississippi or Alabama, and you decide you want an abortion. Well, they'll ship you off to a state that does. Pay $4,000 for your travel and overnight stay. And then, of course, the health benefits will cover it as well. And so I told people, don't believe it ended abortion in America. It did not. It absolutely did not. It just made it a little different. I believe the same number, if not more, abortions will occur since this ruling than before. And so it was no victory for the pro-life movement. It was a legal victory, yes, because the Constitution had been defiled by creating a right that never existed and trying to take authority away from the states. That was corrected. But the truth of the matter is, the heart of man is still evil. And I think back of all the protests over 50 years, they're getting louder, bigger, and noisier because we have social media to connect us and encourage us in ways we never had before. You got a lot of companies, and I don't even have time to to read the entire list, but a few of these companies do surprise me. Some don't, like Airbnb. These are these are companies that are in support of pro-choice and they're they're gonna pay for travel. Companies like Apple, Amazon, Bank of America, Best Buy. Yeah, you've heard of them, Microsoft. MasterCard, Lyft, Logitech, which broke my heart because I love their keyboards. Nike, didn't surprise me. Paramount, you know, some Paramount pictures, didn't surprise me. PayPal, of course. By the way, there are some of you that support us via PayPal. And it's still going to be there for a while, but I'm going to be dropping PayPal. And if you would kindly... Go to the website, truththenumber2ponder.com. I'm going to be using Give, Send, Go. 
Give, Send, Go. Now, other companies that also broke my heart to see, you know, T-Mobile, Star- well, Starbucks, I figured. Uber, I figured. WB, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery, yeah, I would expect them. Disney, of course, top of the list. BuzzFeed, yeah, they're about as left as they go. The NBA, National Basketball Association, NBC, and I'm sure that ABC and CBS will be on that list within a day or two. Goldman Sachs, DoorDash, Reddit, Sony, Uber, Tesla, Netflix. Yeah, I would expect Netflix. And honestly, that list of companies is growing each and every day. And you may be surprised with some of the companies that decide that their ESG score is important. Many of them brag about it right there on their websites. They want to be socially accepted. They want the government to adore them and leave them alone. They want the environmentalists to think they're right with them. They want the homosexual community not to hate them and boycott them. And they just give up their integrity in the process as they bow down. In all honesty, our culture, it's been hijacked. That's the best way to put it. Now, I've got a lot more. I've got a few stories to share, things you absolutely need to know. And right on the other side, I'll just take a moment and give you a bit of a health update and why I need your prayers. But for the moment, if you believe in our ministry, would you consider helping us financially? Number one, if you can, it means a lot as we come toward July. June was very difficult, and toward the end, people were able to help pull it through. But I wonder about July, and I wonder where we should be investing the funds that we have. As I said, we have a new way to support the program, not using PayPal. PayPal, over the next few months, is going to fade away. And, and I have no particular problem with that. And, and in that process, uh, what I would like you to do is go to the website, truth2ponder.com, go to our support page, and you will see the link for Give, Send, Go. That's Give, Send, Go. If you prefer to mail a check, make it payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder. 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. In Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. Crestview, 32536. That zip code again, 3253. Six. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Joseph and the Bread Man coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, the story of Joseph is an amazing foreshadow of Messiah. He's rejected by his brothers like Messiah. He descends to the depths like Messiah. He's raised up again like Messiah. He's given a new name like Messiah. The Pharaoh calls him Zephanapaniah, and one of the interpretations of this name is the bread of life or the bread man. Now, Joseph became the bread man of Egypt. See, Egypt was in a famine. But when they turned to Joseph, they were given bread. He gave them bread and grain and life. They were filled. They survived because of Joseph. 
Remember, Joseph is a shadow of Messiah. The rabbis even called Messiah son of Joseph or Ben Yosef. They saw the connection. Well, therefore, Messiah is linked to bread, just like Joseph. Messiah is the bread man. See, if we spend too much time away from him, we start growing weak. It's like having no bread. We, we grow empty. He's the only one who can fill our souls. He sustains us. He gives us life. So if you haven't been spending uh, much time with Yeshua, Messiah, Jesus, it's, it's not just that you're missing time with the Lord, but you're missing time with the bread man. It means your soul is not full. See, turn away from everything else and come back to him. You see, he is the bread of our lives. Spend time in his presence, partake of his life, taste and see that the Lord is good and be filled because he's not only the Lord, he is the bread man. He's the bread of life, the bread, not just of life, but the bread of your life, your heart and your soul. Stay away from him and you can't help be empty, but draw near to him, my friend, and you can't help but be filled. Want more? Ask for the mystery king. Now, what if you receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God? Well, you can. Sapphires, your daily spiritual vitamin supply, and updates on Israel, world events, and prophecy, and the incredible mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So, to receive your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, you can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through shortwave radio from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. You know, it is the farthest way you can ever touch this world for the gospel. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the... The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, come back to the bread, my friend. Shalom Lechem, peace be to you. In Messiah, Lechem Chaim, the bread of life. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Somebody somebody noticed and wrote that I was kind of animated on yesterday's broadcast. Yeah, I was. There was a lot of my mind, and I wanted to make sure that I got it out and I said it. It needed to be said. And from time to time, call it righteous anger if there's not a better term. Things that need to be said must be said. And and it's not so much that I'm angry or mad. I just don't want to feel defeated. And I know the first segment of the program, we talked about, you know, we've been on this gradual decline for a long time. And people have noticed it for a long, long time, even back 60 years ago, 70 years ago, we saw issues within our country, our morality, our standing, our truthfulness. We already had problems way back when. This idea that some people have, and I just want to finish this thought from the last segment before I move on. We have all these pictures of all these happy families with 
you know, mommy and daddy all dressed up, suit and tie, dress and hat for the for the mother, and and a, and a and a purse, and 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 the girl, and and the boy all dressed up with their little ties and everything else, and, and beautiful little dresses and and ribbons and what have you, Bibles in hand as they go to church, and somehow we're we're being led to believe that that's the way it really was back in the fifties. Well, it's true that more people did go to church. And it might barely be the majority, but you'd be surprised even back then how many people did not, how many people were not true believers, how many people had this stupid idea that if I live a good life, God will let me into his heaven kind of stuff. And, you know, the God country, you know, God apple pie in the United States kind of mentality, anything goes. We just, as I said, we just didn't make it as open but all those sins were still under the surface. And that's one of the biggest differences today. Quick health update. As many of you know, I'm dealing with a blood in the urine issue. And I've been to the emergency room twice, and they want me to get a urologist. So this is the problem. We're up here in, we're up here in Virginia trying to find a urologist. Um, could it be cancer? I don't know. And, and frankly, I'm not even wor- I'm not even thinking in those terms or worrying about it. But just pray for me. My wife spends a lot of her time diligently trying to call around and waiting for callbacks. I remember being in the in the emergency room, and when the doctor saw me the first time, he said, "You know, just understand our healthcare system is broken." And I chimed in, "Is that because of the government?" And he just nodded his head, "Yes." Yeah, I mentioned yesterday how much better it was. I hate to say it, you know, here I'm talking about that things really aren't that much better, but that's one area that did change for the worst uh, beginning after the election of 2008. By 2010, a bill was passed we couldn't see that pretty well over time destroyed health care, made it more expensive, and is causing some of the issues I'm having today. So just pray that we can cut through the red tape and get to one. The other alternative is we return to our Georgia home. Travel for me when you have this condition is not as easy as you may think. And the worst case is we'd have to go all the way back to Florida. And I don't know if I could make that trip. So um, when you have to stop too frequently and you have a blood issue and it's just a mess. And so keep me in your prayers, please. I would appreciate that. Now, moving right along couple of quick stories that I'm going to kind of tie this program together today. We we need to understand that the CDC, the WHO, and all of it, you know, they are, they've lied to us. We have, um, give you an idea, monkeypox spreading locally at a large Los Angeles, you know, county events, at large events in LA. And health officials say, again, you know, they, they want, they they. They don't want to say what's really causing it because it's especially during the month of June, Pride Month, you don't want to have this. These clowns at the CDC, these politically correct morons at the WHO and everywhere else, you know, they, they, they shut the world down for two years for the coronavirus, ending business and life and shut schools down, ruining education. Kids have got issues. Suicides went up. They did that for the fraudulent asymptomatic transmission. But they will not tell the at-risk community to stop their behavior, 
which is the only place that monkeypox is spreading. Do you realize this major outbreak of monkeypox in a county of how many millions of people? There are 22, 22 cases. And I love how the news puts it, the cases jumped all the way to 22. 22 people out of how many millions? And among them, all 100% of them have had sex with other men. These are men that had sex with other men, and they were all together at large events, period. It wasn't the event, it's their behavior. And as a doctor, that his name is Dr. Paul Alexander, points out that if you told the gay community to basically stop having sex for two to four weeks, monkeypox would vanish. But they can't do that, not during Pride Month. And so they'd scare you and I thinking that if, that if we go to a large event, we're going to get monkeypox. The problem is we're not. Unless we are living their lifestyle, that seems to be the only place that it is occurring. So this shows you political correctness is going to destroy us. Another quick take story here. British Broadcasting Corporation, the BBC, they're instructing journalists to use their political influence to push the the transgender ideology. That's right. They really want to push transgenderism via the BBC through their journalists and their TV programming. They also want to continue to enhance and mainstream the LGBTQ cause on, on their programs and through their journalists. Why? Why does this need to be mainstream? Why does the mental illness of transgender ideology need to be pushed and normalized? It is mental illness. You know, those that do go through the transgender process and they say this is health care, then why are they 44 times likely, more likely to commit suicide than if they didn't? But they don't want to talk about that. See, we can't. That's not politically correct to tell the truth anymore. Truth is now a commodity that is in danger from the political correct police and the mind thought police. And so there we have it at the BBC. Then I saw this story. And this takes me back to a large portion of my life living in northeast Georgia and the western Carolinas from basically 19, <laughs> 1970s all the way to I moved to Florida, and then I've been back in that area. WYFF, your friend for WYFF-TV, Greenville, South Carolina. We're talking South Carolina here, conservative South Carolina, the upstate of South Carolina, the Bible Belt, the buckle of the Bible Belt of South Carolina. I saw something and it just bothered me. I had an email the other day, I think it was on Sunday. And, you know, it, it, it says, WYFF just tweeted. I don't look at tweets that much. I kind of, you know, I, I get, have an account out there that goes way back to the time that I worked in emergency management in that part of the world, in South Carolina. And, and the term they used, I found it, it, it's something really bothered me. They wrote, this is what they tweeted on Sunday morning, abortion foes. Abortion foes and supporters map their next move after row reversal. What a bunch of garbage. And I replied to him. And I replied saying, 
using the term abortion foes shows your leftist bias. If you can willingly call the pro-abortion activists pro-choice, then use the proper term for those that are opposed, which is pro-life. In other words, one is pro-choice, the killing of a child. One is pro-life, saving the life of a child. And anytime a media group uses the term abortion foes, you know that their newsroom and their organization is now inhabited by the leftist lunatic fringe. Because they'll never say pro-life anymore. They used to at WIFF say pro-life groups. But in recent months, it has shifted from pro-life organizations to abortion foes. So just pay attention to the language that's being used. And lastly, Denmark now admits that vaccinating children for COVID-19 is a mistake. And I'll probably share more about that story a little bit later this week. They realize that they should never have been immunizing little children ages five and up. And of course, not any under the age of five. Of course, our government thinks it's a great idea, which shows that we are run by reprobates that are mindless and they are, they're dangerous. The best way to tie up today's program, the things that we talked about in the first segment and some of the things in this second segment of where we have gone. The heart of man has always been evil. Let's just agree to understand that up front. The only difference is evil felt constrained. And today in our nation, it no longer does because most Christians, number one, true Christians are now a distinct minority. We are no longer a majority. Don't deceive yourself into thinking as such. Many of those beautiful churches on Main Street celebrate homosexuality and every form of things that are just, that are just forbidden in Scripture. And they have preached a new gospel, which is not the gospel. Book of Jude is a short book in the Bible. One chapter, 25 verses, all. That's all it is. Takes you a few minutes to read it. I would suggest you read it. And, and I want to read some verses, not all of it. I don't have time. But in verse 7, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to, and the King James word is fornication, meaning sexual, sexual immorality, and going after strange flesh, if you go into the, into the language, it is talking about homosexuality, and set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. But now we have all these companies mainstreaming it and celebrating it. And remember, the flood, as in the days of Noah, we, we've read in the scriptures, the same thing was happening then. And God wiped out the world except for Noah and his family. And the rainbow was a symbol not of celebrating the sin, but of promising not to flood the world again for that sin. That's it. And yet, evil has grabbed that rainbow and has distorted it and twisted it I mean, if you go back to music from, let's say, 1925 or 1935, the word gay did not mean homosexual, and you found it in lyrics. And When I was a kid, you know, in elementary school, the word gay did not mean homosexual. The word has been stolen and co-opted. And so here we are today. 
And what we have to recognize is that there's a day coming when God is going to execute his judgment on all of us. And our job right now is to let those know who are ungodly that their ungodly deeds, they're going to have consequences. But there's still a God that loves us who sent his son to die for us on the cross. Remember, this is verse 17, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Our nation has fallen. We have seen it occurring for decades after decades after decades. I want to take you back to to 1988, just for a moment. 1988, Ronald Reagan is still president. George Herbert Walker Bush is going to be running uh, for president. He's the vice president at the time. The American economy was not bad. I remember that time the 1980s. I remember the 1970s. I really never felt the impact of a bad economy in the work that I did. I knew things were a little tough. I knew when I was selling advertising, some people didn't have as much to spend. It was a world, you know, in in transition. But we didn't, we had protests, but we didn't have the anger and the violence, even in small town America, and the cursing and screaming on Facebook and everything else. It was a different world. But in 1988, many people recognize even then we, we had some serious issues and we had some serious problems. We recognized it in 1978, 1968, 1958. But I chose this year, 1988. 88 for a reason. There is a Southern gospel group. It's a family called the Steels. And see, back in 1988, they saw the problems that America was facing then and we're still facing today. So this song still fits. Listen to each word. Something is wrong with America. She once held the Bible as her conscience and guide but we've allowed those who hold nothing to be sacred like Sodom of old to push morals aside where are the men who once stood for right and the women who championed their cause must return to the values we left 
before this country we love is totally America, but I do not love what she has become. Scripture says, Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, and America has forgotten the godly foundation upon which she was built. Something is wrong. Our children are asked to attend public schools that in many cases resemble war zones, without even the most basic right of any soldier, the right to pray. To the God of heaven. Many times the wild-eyed, drug-addicted, gun-carrying teenager is allowed to stay in school while our Supreme Court decided to expel God from the classroom over 30 years ago. Something is wrong. Television daily bombards the senses of our nation with the idea that wrong is right, that the abnormal is normal, that the abhorrent is acceptable and that what God calls an abomination is nothing more than an alternate lifestyle. And it's had an effect. 30 years ago, the number one television program in America was the Andy Griffith Show. Look what we have today. Something is wrong. When our government can pass out contraceptives to children in school without parental consent, and yet the Gideons can no longer pass out the Bible on campus, something is wrong. When our leaders can say to your children and mine that premarital sex is all right as long as it's safe. Yes, something is wrong. And I, for one, am ready for a change. I will say to my government, I'm not raising dogs at my house. I'm raising children created in the image and the likeness of Almighty God. And I'm going to teach them the Bible. If the Bible says it's right, it's right. And if the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. The only hope that America has is that godly men and women of character will stand together as one mighty army and declare to the immoral, the impure, the obscene, and the foul, your days of unlimited access to the minds of America are over. The army of God that has been silent too long is taking America back. Heading down the wrong track 
Honestly, I would love to have America back. The America that I remember from years ago, but more than that, I would love to have America back plus America redeemed. That would even be a greater thing. To believe that we were always perfect, pure, and holy is is to be, well, it's not true. The only difference today is we flaunt. We flaunt our sin. We celebrate in churches our sin. Churches that would never have thought about this 50 years ago. They celebrate it today. So we have fallen in so many ways. We We disrespect other people in so many ways. And we scream or we have people scream at us, we must accept and embrace their sin or we're haters. They have twisted the words of the Bible and the words of Jesus into meaning the exact opposite of what was said. The reason I do this radio program each and every day is to bring you news and information. But part of what I do is to encourage you in your faith You know, God is still in control, even though this world is out of control. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things the Gentiles seek will be added unto you. Be right with God yourself first. Before you start taking on the spiritual battles of this world, St. Paul makes it clear, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. I see some of the eyes of those screaming in these after the Roe versus Wade protest. It's almost like someone said, it looks like they have demons in them just by their eyes. And they scream with such hatred and such vitriol and such anger. Only a demon could be that angry. If you believe in our ministry, would you consider your financial support to keep us on shortwave radio? We'll talk about it more tomorrow and, and Thursday as we come to the end of this month. Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder 5753, Highway 85 North, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536, Crestview, Florida, 32536. Go to our website, you'll find the address there. And you can also use our new partner, which is Give, Send, Go, a Christian financial support um, institution. So you can go there as well. Truth, the number two ponder.com. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.